Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. This show is brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, where they speak for cats, which is what this program is all about. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food called Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I personally can recommend because it is based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Please show your appreciation that Dr. Elsie's underwrites this show by choosing their products whenever you can. I have a really extraordinary veterinarian joining us today, a man doing work that I wasn't aware any veterinarians were doing. It's to repair the damage done to kitties' feet after they're declawed. And I was so delighted to learn that Dr. Ron Gaskin in Shakopee, Minnesota, who has owned his own clinic, the Mean Street Veterinary Services, for 35 years, is doing this quite, what I believe, is rare surgery. Dr. Gaskin, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for having devoted a lot of your career to undoing the damage, sadly done by other veterinarians. It must be a complicated emotional process for you, knowing that the damage that's been done to these cats was done by fellow veterinarians. You've been a veterinarian for 40 years. Is it frustrating for you to discover that they are still deforming cats' feet for the wrong reasons? Oh, Tracy, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's exactly right. And it has been very frustrating and extremely painful dealing with these cats, but finding a way to give them a relatively normal pain-free life has been rewarding. I, I, I really salute you for doing it. Years ago, when I first started the, the New York Cat Film Festival, I had a, a, a long film submitted that was about a veterinarian who was reversing the damage done to the feet of big cats that are kept in these horrific roadside zoos, tigers, lions, cheetahs, leopards, whatever these poor creatures are that were kept in these enclosures and had been declawed. And she was doing the work you're doing, and I didn't realize that there was anyone doing it for the owned kitties, people who have either adopted from a rescue or somebody else a cat who was declawed, or somebody who has had their cat declawed and had no idea of the agony they were inflicting. There are a lot of states now that make it illegal to declaw. Most countries, most civilized countries in the world make it a crime to do what American veterinarians are doing on a daily basis, which if it frustrates me and frustrates people in rescue and frustrates cat lovers, I can only imagine the the, the emotional toll it takes on you. When did you start doing this life-saving work and how did you teach yourself to do it? I imagine that 
in vet school, they teach veterinarians to mutilate cats' feet for the comfort of, theoretical comfort of people's sofas and, and draperies that the cats don't put their claws in them. They don't teach them how to undo the damage. So how did you learn how to do it? Did you teach yourself? Well, <clears throat> I, I started by we stopped declawing just on an ethical basis because you just have that feeling that you're doing something wrong. And, yes, I was taught to declaw in school. I graduated from the University of Minnesota in 1983, and they no longer teach oh. declawing cats. Great. Okay? That's excellent. And that happened in the last four or five years, too. So they are driven to discover. And I have to give credit to my veterinary anatomist, the University of Minnesota, Dr. Christina Clarkston, and my radiologist, board-certified radiologist, uh, Dr. Patricia Walter. And I wanted to get those two in as co-authors because without their expertise in this, this paper would have been half of what it was. And what... The, the critical point was a single little email coming to me from a Dr. Latrista Miller in a Connecticut a Feline Medicine and Surgery Practice in Connecticut. Okay. And Latrista sent me a little email, well, what about this, this, and this? Because I was doing a 155-thread debate on the California no decline, the 12 cities there that had banned it. Yes. And I was supporting it. And I, was support and I had like eight veterinarians attacking me. Wow. Professionally and, and, and personally. And even the owner of the VIN called me up one morning and said, what do you want to do about this? And I said, uh, doctor, I want you to do nothing. I want everybody in the world to see these eight veterinarians for what they're doing and the life-changing decisions they're making on these cats on a daily basis. I want everybody in the world to see what kind of veterinarian is declining cats. Good. Good for you. it was amazing that he had the the concern to call me, but Dr. Latrista was the key point that turned the light bulb on, and that was 18 years ago, and then I started thinking about, okay, what happens if we just get them comfortable walking on the main path, and this is a, kind of the turning point revelation that if we got them walking on the back of their paws instead of the painful fronts where they've been amputated, we shift that weight, and they should be comfortable. And lo and behold, it works. It worked on 42 cats. 100% of the time we had positive results from going in and doing a tenectomy on the, all their flexor tendons in that paw. And they were flat-footed, yes, but it gives them almost instant relief within three to four days after the surgery. All right, so let's back up for a minute. I want to tell people what VIN is. It's the Veterinary Information Network. It's a very important pipeline of information in the veterinary industry. So good for them. What you're saying is they went out of their way to say to you, we know you were being personally vilified and how would you like us to protect you? And you said, I don't want you to. I want you to Correct. see the vile attitudes and behavior of these eight vile veterinarians. Now you've given a shout out to three fellow veterinarians who've been very instrumental in helping you to study and create this way to to remove the pain and to re reverse, to some small extent, the harm done. Too bad we don't have the name of the eight. But those eight of you who are out there, I hope you've gone out of practice by now, and I hope somebody takes a golf club to your feet. I do mean that sincerely. I mean, I, I think there's times where animal cruelty, when it's, when it's part of a profession and people are taught 
a, a new way of thinking, which too bad they didn't have it, you know, back when you went to school, but yeah. they have it now. When they know what they're doing, but they're lining their pockets with the money and causing untold suffering to the cats, well, many of whom are then discarded by their people because cats that, in pain exactly right. are no fun. They're looking for the quick fix yes. on there. Yes. And that's just the type of person that wants a quick fix. And then when the cat starts peeing around the house in a elimination or starting to bite and get aggressive, yes. Yes. as they start to get more arthritic and more painful in the back end, because this redistributes the weight from the front end to the back end instantly after they've had the surgery. Their back and their hip joints weren't designed for that, and so they developed the arthritis back in the, in the hind limbs. And then they start not wanting to use the litter box. Well, the urinalysis is clean. They put them on phylloxetine for stress and anxiety, and that doesn't work. And then these cats disappear from the practices and go to our overwhelmed yes. no-kill rescues. Yes. And then that's where a lot of these cats came from that I had in the study they were dead-enders. They were yes. going to be euthanized well or they couldn't be homed. Yes. And so this quick-fix attitude in this pet owner, they're not pet caretakers. Th- thank you. pet owner, they get rid of them. And then they go and get a good kitty that's not going to pee around their house, and they start the cycle all over again, and that cycle of decline cats needs to stop. And we have a wonderful nonprofit, a veterinarian who has dedicated pretty much her life to f- helping to get legislation in every possible either state or in the case of California. West Hollywood, if I recall, was the first uh, inroad she made to make That's it illegal correct. in West Hollywood and then other counties or cities within California. She's made a great movie about it and raises funds and and lobbies politically because that's in the end of the day what you have to make it illegal and you have to make it criminal for vets to do it and yet there's still vets doing it so let's just be really clear to those of you listening who have never known about declawing wouldn't consider it if you knew what was involved and then find out what it is dr gaskin as i've seen it uh described so that people can understand it in their own terms if you look at your own fingers The first joint that has your fingernail on it, which is the first joint of a cat's paw that has the claw, the retractable claw on it, a device that looks like a hedge clipper, if you will, maybe something else was used at some point, that entire first knuckle of their paw, of which there are several, just like your hand has five, each of your hands has five, and your toes of your feet. So that would be how many amputations on a person would be 20 amputations of the first joint of your digits of your toes and your fingers. It's, it's pretty drastic. And it's five, five per paw, five five per paw, same as us, five on the, on the right. And this is very, very important. Once that phalange three is removed, or like you say, the front, the the bone that has the fingernail on it, yep. or the claw nail on the cat is right. removed. The anatomical structure is never the same. You've taken away all their ability to straighten their fingers out. Right. And the only thing that you've left behind is a rediscovered anatomical structure that our veterinary anatomist, Dr. Clarkson, found in German veterinary anatomy archives in Germany, in German, she had to translate it to English, she rediscovered what's called the vinculum. 
And the vinculum constantly keeps a pull on the underside of this amputated finger, pulling oh. it down into a club-footedness. So these cats are walking on a fragment that's usually left behind by the Resco nail trimmer technique, which I was taught in school, or just the amputated bone end is bad enough of the the second phalange and being pulled under, and they're walking on their amputated uh, toe tips. And so what our surgery does is remove that hyperflexion or that club-footedness, and it removes that amputated toe tip or that fragment so they're not walking anymore and the only downside is it makes them flat-footed but if they're walking normally for the first time since they were declawed um, it's 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 worth it but that vinculum rediscovery it's not in any anatomical diagrams in the United States in any of the textbooks any of the paw diagrams for anatomy it, it either left out or overlooked or whatever. We had to go to the German anatomist, Isn't some of the best in the something? world. They've uh, they've documented it, and so the vinculum has everything to do with the stability of the paw when they're catching prey or when you're trying to catch a baseball. Your ability right. to stabilize your hand and catch that baseball or keep your food, in the case of a mouse or right. whatever your right. lunch is going to be for as a cat. Everything with that stability and that vinculum continues to pull those fingers, hyperflexing them, causing gradual more and more pain. And when they get arthritis in, in the older age, too, it just adds up to the point that it's more comfortable to pee outside the box than it is to go inside the box. And the pain that you're in in your back and in your feet, as anyone knows when you have chronic pain, which I hope not many of you have had, you're crabby, you're cranky, you don't want to be talked to, you don't want to be touched. So you now have cats that become mean cats if they're misunderstood by those ignorant owners. I say ignorant, not stupid, because I don't think that a cat lover slash owner would do this to their cat if they understood the mutilation that the veterinarian is offering. Tracy, you don't realize how many cat owners I have in here that are just so disgusted with themselves. And you bring up a really important point, and that's informed consent. Right. Many of the veterinarians really feel like they're keeping the cat in a good home. I don't think they're maliciously trying to cause harm to the cat. They're just outdated in their thinking that this is going to keep the cat in a good home. Well, one-third of those cats, or about 30% 30 of the cats, are going to manifest with negative effects of decline. Yes. What are the other 66% or 70% doing? They're doing their own physical therapy. They're up on the scratching pole, stretching their toes out so they don't get cramped up. Oh. You'll actually see them doing the false scratching. These cats are intelligent. They're sentient. They have problem solving. They come up with their own solution for the cramping in their declawed feet. Wow. And they're stretching those toes out so they're not walking on the amputated toe tip. So it looks like declawing doesn't cause a problem oh, in see. the majority. It's that one-third of cats that can't figure it out or it's painful for them to right. stretch their toes. Those are the ones that are going to manifest with inappropriate elimination and biting. And we really need the veterinary behaviorist college to recognize inappropriate elimination. One of the rule outs is being declawed. Thank you. They're still not listing it. It has to be listed as a rule out for inappropriate elimination. Evaluate those paws. Are they easy to straighten or not? Can you straighten them from a hyperflexion? If you can, great. But if they want to bite you when you straighten their toe, 
you better look at that declaw yes. as a rule out for inappropriate elimination. Save this cat's life. That's a really a good one. I have a wonderful um, behaviorist who's not a veterinarian. She's a, a PhD, uh, Dr. Maria M- Michael Maria Delgado, and we're going to do a show on this immediately after this show with you because she does help with the problems that people have with cats. And while the veterinary behaviorist may not list declawing as a rule out for the problems that cats can manifest with, I bet you anything the straight-up behaviorists do, the ones who are giving advice to people with cats who love their cats and want to keep them and don't know what the heck is wrong, and they're all sniffing up the wrong tree. It starts with their paws. If they have yep. been declawed, there's a really good chance that's where it started. And and we include a test in the paper. We just run them on a two-week buprenorphine trial, and fully 80% of those cats started using their litter box when they had a pain reliever on yes. board. And that was our evidence. If I wasn't even sure if the surgery, I'm not going to go in on an already declawed cat and do another surgery unless I am just as certain as I can be. And even when they're under anesthesia and we're prepping to do the surgery, I double check and make sure that those paws are hyperflexed and they're resisting even under full anesthesia and a total local block that we use to prep them for the quick um, tenectomy. Uh, we double-check and make sure, because I'm not going to do an unnecessary surgery to these cats. Now, back to the informed consent. If the declining veterinarian is not telling them of possible negative outcomes, like inappropriate elimination and or personality change, how can you say that's an informed consent? Right. We've right, got to and think it's about not, that. And yeah, what they get them to sign is something that says, well, your cat could die under anesthesia. And any of us who have any kind of surgery for ourselves or our pets say, yeah, yeah, we know that's 1% of 1%. But if you were told the likelihood of these changes in the cat's interaction with you not only mean that it's going to hurt the human animal bond, but the animal's going to be in pain for the rest of its life, would anybody choose that? I'll just tell you a quick anecdote to to wrap up because I have talked about this before on the show, but I want to make it very clear that I was hoodwinked. I had not written the cat Bible yet. I hadn't even researched it. I hadn't even researched or written the dog Bible. And I moved from California to Southampton, New York, into uh, what now would be called an Airbnb. It was a year-long rental of a big house, and I had three dogs, two cats, Um, and a horse. The horse wasn't in the house, luckily, so that wasn't a problem. But the kitties in this new huge house, a gigantic house, were running amok on the furniture and draperies and carpets because it was fun and they were having a good time. And I was very nervous. It was a, a loaned house, practically, not just a rental. So I went to the vet who I immediately had met when I got there, Old Town Animal Hospital, and they said, no problem, we can declaw the cats. They never told me anything about other things I should do instead, like scratching posts. I had none. I hadn't needed them in California. Whatever it was I was offering the kitties in California, they didn't hurt any of the furniture, carpets, or what have you. The The punchline is, I had both the kitties declawed, was told it was yeah. no biggie, a quickie, no, not to worry. I was ignorant as they come. One we call cat, it practice for a reason, Tracy. You can't feel bad about that. No, you but I need everyone to know that I'm not yes. I'm not Absolutely. judging them. One cat, my friends, ran away. He got out the door when somebody came in. I never saw him again. 
He was a cat yeah. who had been part of our family for five years. The other cat walked in the strangest, strangest positions on his tippy toes or, or maybe not his tippy toes and cried with every step. I just want you all to know, I've been there. I've done it. It's a horrible thing. I left the veterinary practice. They were as ignorant, I guess, as I was then. But no veterinarian today should be doing this. Dr. Ron Gaskin in Minnesota, I think some of you may want to bring your cat to Minnesota and get them out of pain. But that's, the t- that's all the time we have left, Dr. Ron. You're a wonderful doctor. I really appreciate the hard the hard hits you've taken for doing the right thing and for putting so much time and effort into trying to repair the harm done to cats by other veterinarians and the cat's owners who I genuinely believe would never have done it if they knew better. But since one-third of the cats in, in shelters have been declawed, those of you with declawed cats need to know your cat is suffering and there there is a solution. Dr. Gaskin, I hope that, that after our conversation, you'll tell me if there's any other vets you know about around the country who are doing this reversal procedure, and I'll make a little list of them and do a little blog and give all of them a shout out and hope that many people with suffering cats will bring their cats to these wonderful doctors like you. Thank you so much. All of the PAW Project directors that I know of are doing fragment retrieval, but what we've proven is with a tenectomy, you can alleviate their pain with a 10-minute surgery per PAW and they recover faster, and it's a lot less brutal uh, surgery to do. Excellent. So the PAW Project directors are listed on the PAW Project uh, website, um, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to start adopting this revolutionary uh, um, surgical technique. Well, you're the revolutionary, and, and yay for you. Thank you again for being here. Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered effective natural ways to repel fleas, ticks, and other pests on her pets and around her home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without the harsh chemicals that can be harmful to your cats, your property, and the planet. This show is also supported by the privately developed Magic Fabric pet throws that trap hair, dirt, and moisture when cats get up on the furniture bed or your lap. Magic Fabric Pet Throws invite kitty cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes or furniture. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's again for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people.